0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. First off, I want to apologize. My brain is slightly scattered right now, and I did not do the work to get this sorted out. So uh, there is a rock concert poster out there now. There wasn't one ahead of time. There is a, uh, a link there now. Hopefully people can find it. And uh, yeah, I just want to apologize again because this was totally my fault.
1: Dude, totally acceptable. Because as you said before we went live, the reason you were a little late is because you had
0: just pounded out a whole pile of burpees. Am I wrong? No. Oh no, you're you're correct. And if you consider sick kids burpees, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it's good times. My son's got strep throat right now, so oh, that's a gooder. Yeah, and we're trying to get homework done. We're trying to get uh, get them caught up and all this stuff. So it's just lots of lots of stuff, but it's all ah, good. You, the, you uh, know what? But tomorrow, he'll be hurling. Mm, well, no, actually, tomorrow. I mean, it just stacks up. Yeah, you know. probably, actually. Probably the other one is going to get sick now. For sure. It's all going to start right now. Yeah, exactly. But then I'll be on my testing thing, and I won't have to worry about it. Oh,
1: that's it. right. That's right. Yeah, and so. again, um, I said in my live IG that you and I would talk right now or at least lickety-split about fixing a time. What do you think? What's going to work best for you?
0: My thoughts are it's probably better in the morning if we do it early. Oh, you think? Okay. I think so. Well, I was thinking
1: it'd be best later because like in the morning, if we start talking about something and it gets all up Mm -hmm. in your grill, then you'll be like, you won't even be able to spell Armbar. You'll be trying to think of uh, Taoism. the way, or something. Maybe. Maybe. And so, um, yeah, who knows? Who knows what the conversation will I be know. about? It uh, could. I
0: know, actually. Or it could not. Yeah. Let's do it after, then, I think. That I think,
1: is- and and by the way, after, like, we'll be able to chat about how Radmaster 9000, you were on the mat.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be Radmaster 9000. I'm going to be... Well, who knows? It's, it's a purple belt assessment. Right. So, it's, it's not really about being Radmaster. It's just about making sure that I... Actually, it's kind of interesting my professor explained it this way, and it's actually what I want to talk about today, too. Okay, cool. Is um, He said, it's not really a test for me or for my training partner. The test is actually for him, because it, what the Black Belts Committee is looking for is whether or not he has produced a correct Purple Belt. Mm. And As reason- defined by what? As defined by Master Silvio Baring and what his so within are. your uh, organization, yeah, exactly. So, the, the way they have it set up right now is that there is the Black Belt Council, which sounds a lot more ominous than I think it probably is. <laughs> the, um, that council, it's, it's three guys trying to figure out
1: who's going to pay
0: the coffee bill in Tim Hortons, <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, it's uh, they they have the, the issue actually that's happening right now. What it used to be was that everybody was put in front of master bearing. So he would come up from Brazil and he has an eight degree coral belt. So he knows the thing and true about jujitsu and he, we would be like tested in front of him. Um, now the schools have grown so much now that to do that with everybody for every belt, for every stripe is oh ridiculous ridiculous. Yeah. So he'd be staring at hundreds of people. There's not enough room on the mats. There's like, it's just, it becomes impractical. And so that's where we are at right now. And uh, what we're doing is that the black belts are um, within the schools. Each of the schools are able to promote their own blue belts. But for purple belt and uh, I think it's blue belt third stripe, there ha- there's like a-, a confirmation in front of the other black belts to make sure that everyone is up to standard. So oh, they're interesting. not producing random uh, random purple belts or people that aren't technically qualified. To so be. now hang on a sec. So, as a purple belt
1: test, or what were are you tested to get your purple belt in front of other black belts, or just one black belt, your black belt in front of all the other black belts? For my in front of
0: all of them, yeah. As of so where uh, do you do that, at? Last, uh, we're going to Red Deer. Oh, check. Uh, it's just because there's schools in Calgary, there's schools in Cochrane, there's schools in Laduke, there's schools all like throughout Alberta. So why in why in Red Deer? Just because the
1: shopping strip is so awesome? It because it's less of a drive for everybody. <laughs> it's the least <laughs> amount of not. driving for everybody.
0: <laughs> well, that's like if uh, if Calgary if all the Calgary guys got to drive up to Edmonton, that's, oh, extra yeah, that's on them. Yeah, yeah. If all the Edmonton guys got to drive yeah. to Calgary, etc. etc. So this is I suppose the, if you're going to go to Red Deer, uh, there's definitely a place
1: that you got to check out. It's a Jamaican uh, place right downtown hole in the wall mom and popper grotty little location i mean it's not Sweet. quite it's it's not like you gotta duck, dodge and dive needles or or anything like that but it's a bit rough down there where that place is but dude, that guy puts out straight up legit jamaican some of the
0: best hey. i the best i've had in alberta i'm down i uh Great. i love i love me a good like jerk chicken or um Jerk is probably one of my favorite seasonings. I had uh,
1: a goat, a goat curry, and uh, some jerk chicken from the boys, and like he's all about it's legit, yeah, straight up legit. All right, you have to go.
0: Hit me up with the uh, with the name and stuff. I'll make sure. I wish I could. You're going to have to jump on
1: the goobs, red Red deer. Right on, Jamaican, get some jammy.
0: So, the the thing that I wanted to talk about today, and the reason I wanted to bring up this whole like testing system and the whole reason behind it is the fact that there is a you know there's levels to the game obviously we've said that many times but the levels of leadership and how much having to delegate disappear we talked about this the other day um about delegating disappearing and making sure that that's a it's actually a, a good thing to do versus depending on the the way in which it's delivered Am I correct in that?
1: Well, I'd say that, you know, D&D or delegate and disappear comes down to who you're D&Ding to, like who's in front of you that you're going to delegate it to. So if I'm delegating it to a raw private, I can't disappear that much mm. unless I don't care about the outcome. Mm. So really, it's about who's in front of you and what's the outcome required. Mm hmm. So if I don't care about the outcome, I could literally say, hey, you, rabbit in the corner, make the planet spin faster. I don't care because it's an outcome that I don't care about. But if I care about the outcome, then the delegation will be to the right person at the right time
0: with the right sort of direction. Right. Okay. It has to have the correct intention behind it for it to work correctly with the correct person Correct. I mean, priorities. you've
1: got to, you've, what I'm suggesting is this, you line everything up to have an optimal outcome, the outcome that I want. Now, the flip side of that is I might want an outcome for another person. So it's not about the objective outcome. It's about the person outcome. So mm-hmm. let's say, by way of an example, I'm focusing on Chance Burroughs. And I want an outcome, not for me. I want an outcome for Chance. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about, you know, Fixing the squeaky door is the outcome. It's about fixing the squeaky chance, but I'm Mm going to put him on task for the door. While he's fixing the squeaky door, it's actually about chance fixing himself. So I'm going to delegate and disappear in a different way, directed at chance than directed at the door. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the question that I wanted to ask today about was, how to how to properly do that as your leadership levels increase, right? So as, as a private, as a, you know, base level person, when you get into the workplace at the very beginning of a career set, there is a different mindset that you have to have than when you are a master corporal or a, you know, medium level manager or a senior leader or whatever rank system, whatever uh, system you want to go off of. And I wanted to dive into the different the different styles, like the different mindsets and the different uh, developments along the way, because. You can get stuck there, You're like like I know um, when we were talking the other day uh, yesterday about this uh, versus, you know. Being in something long enough to understand how it actually works and <laughs> you were using the term of a senior NCO and I was like, well, I know senior NCOs that like we're not great. And you were like, yeah, no, we all know people like that. for Sure. And uh, it made me think is that I've seen people that were really, really good sergeants. But that when they became warrants, they were just out to lunch because it's a different realm of work, right? You're That's not right. So let's, uh, let's get into that. What are your thoughts on how the mindset has to change as you move up the chain of command? Well, that's
1: a great question and and i'll just this is my opinion through observation experience i guess and by the way this also kind of parallels into what i've seen in the corporate world as well i'm not trying to put too fine a point on the corporate world i'll put more of a fine point on the military as a whole but i think there's a lot of parallels and so as an example when you become a mass corporal for the first time you know you might have been in the game you could have been in the game two years you could have been in the game four years it's not too important about what that is, but what is important is the fact that at one time you're a private or a corporal, and now presto, change you, all of a sudden, you're a master corporal, and you're supposed to be taught how to deal with these kind of things within the training system, but you're not. What you're not really what what wasn't reinforced to me as an example, as I was doing my infantry section commander's course, which is the course required to become a master corporal in the infantry. I did it, arguably in the most the tip of the spear uh, course which is it was run by the canadian airborne regiment it had members of one two and three commando on it every man that was on that course was a freaking mega hard charger and everyone was maximum effort as was i and i topped that course so i was top candidate in the course what did i come away from that with a whole bunch of Knowledge for sure, a whole bunch of skill for sure, some experience, but not enough experience to actually mm-hmm. think, Oh, I'm good to go. I'm all of a sudden an instant master corporal, and I know exactly what I'm going to do tomorrow. Cause I didn't,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was just kind of making it up based on what I'd been taught. But no one ever sat me down and explained it within that course. Generally, the things that I would face as these are expected of you. These are outcomes that we expect from you. And these are the things that you're going to struggle with. These are the things that you need to pay attention to as traps for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So no one ever sat down and, and talked about the psychological game. No one ever sat down and talked about the emotional game, the intellectual game, the psychological, what I, what, nearly 90 99% of that course was about was cramming information into you how to do this how to do that in the defense on the offense how to blah blah all of the stuff mega awesome course learned so much mm-hmm. but i was never taught how to do it as a human being you know what i'm saying yep so as a master corporal arguably in one of the most squared away infantry section commander courses at its time and being top candidate i was still unprepared to be a junior leader because mm. no one actually taught me how to be a leader academically i could understand it mm-hmm. but intellectually psychologically emotionally i was unprepared for the role because it's not something that is discussed yeah and so i'm yeah. i'm using that as my lead in to set the stage for We'll call it lower level management and then middle level management would be maybe a sergeant warrant officer mm-hmm. and then high level management, you know you' run to a, a chief or a master warrant officer as an example within mm-hmm. the uh, non-commissioned ranks. And so I didn't really know how to lead well as a master corporal as a sergeant. I'd learned it kind of by experience at that point. I hadn't take a formal course between Master Corporal and Sergeant that was going to fill the gap of psychological, emotional, and you know, all of that stuff. What I'd filled the gap with is an experience. But that experience came at a price for my troops and for me, where I had to learn how to do it better. So there was a lot of iterations, a lot of observations, a lot of I got to do that better. I got to do that better. I got to do that better. I'm a self correcting machine in a sense. So I rapidly evolved where some of my peers didn't see the evolutionary process as having to be a rapid evolution Mm -hmm. in order to meet the needs of what you are now, which is a senior NCO, is a sergeant. And so as a young sergeant, I learned a boatload of stuff. So by the time I became a warrant officer, I'd already done my uh, senior leaders course. I'd already done my infantry uh, 6B course, you know, big courses that are supposed to teach you a whole bunch of stuff. And they do. But again, what, they, what I wasn't taught was the soft skills, per se, of the psychological connection, the emotional connection, the blah, 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 the, the soft skills, not necessarily holding someone's hand as you pepper pot into battle, but the soft skills of being able to connect with a person and have someone explain to you what's happening in that moment, the actual what does the connection mean? Why mm-hmm. do you feel that connection? How can you improve that connection? How can you manipulate, manipulate that connection in a righteous manner in order to get the outcome that you need in those next few minutes? A lot of soft skills that I wasn't taught that I had to learn on my own over time. And that's called maybe. That's mm-hmm. called we hope. That's called, oh, no, you don't get to be a good leader. I mean that's luck. It
0: is. There's a lot to it, yeah.
1: A lot of luck and a lot of effort of course on behalf of the individual. And if that individual isn't ready to put in the work or doesn't want to put in the work, if if they get promoted to we'll call it middle management now and they settle in, not voracious or sorry, voraciously uh, pursuing more excellence. Well, now you're now you're static. We'll call it "quote unquote plateaued as a leader, and and that's just laziness, or it's not knowing that there's more. Mm. And there's parts in my career where I just didn't know there was more. I thought that if this is what the system is teaching me, then this is what I need to know, and if I needed to know more, they'd teach me more. So it took me a while to realize that, oh, the system isn't that squared away so you know leadership for everyone is a little bit different and the evolutionary mindset changes based on who you are etc cetera, etc cetera, who you're surrounded by etc the career path that you've been on etc whether you've been influenced by mega awesome or not mm-hmm. or leadership mindset changes from a super positive, super squared away, on track to be magnificent leader, all of a sudden flip-flops it because of one dude standing in front of him who says, I don't like the way you look. And that can be enough for some guys. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's their mindset change from the hyper-positive, aggressive, mega-awesome path to, what? I'm out of here. And then it's just a, a rapid uh, decay of uh, caring and et cetera. Now, now you've got a middle management uh, leader who is doing his best to bounce. And while he's bouncing, the posting slump, as we call it, mm-hmm. while he's in that posting slump of maybe six months, a year, the rest of his career, six <laughs> years later, he's, he's the guy that you never want to be around. And so leadership mindset changes can be positive and negative. They can be based on the point in your career They can be based in front of who's in front of you, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not just as I see it, a linear escalation of excellence in leadership, positive understandings of mindset. There's a lot of luck. There's a lot of your own personal hard work. And if you combine those two things together, you might turn out to be an excellent leader. But it yeah. just it it's not it doesn't fall out of the crackerjack box.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, <clears throat> there's almost an expectation within within a well defined organism. So like a uh, business or the military or um, you know something that is extremely well defined that has a lot of borders and like if you do X, you will get Y. When those things uh, are so heavily defined and then they don't happen, that can really for lack of a better term discourage uh a lot of drive because there's the expectation is not being met based off of the initial um system of development you know what i mean so i do so for me i like i remember wondering why (laughs) why the people at the school were at the school Because there were certain people, like when I did my PLQ, uh, that were there teaching, they should not have been teaching. And they were teaching things that were incorrect (laughs) to students that didn't know any better. And the the sad part is for me, uh, being a a combat engineer, we got put in as the PLQ land. So we had uh, everything from combat engineers to clerks, to medics, to uh, communications, to like army-wide. The only people that weren't there were the infantry. <laughs> and they, those were the guys, like we watched, there was an infantry course going on when we did ours and they were hard charging, and they were ready to go. I'd say maybe, maybe a third of my course was hard charging. And it was, uh, it was challenging to, oh, yeah, buddy. to mingle between like, I want to, I want to, I want to work hard and I want to do this. And then having to teach someone else on my off hours how to do a section attack because they'd never done one before. And, yeah, and, so, and
1: and I mean, that's normal. Those are, those yeah. are day to day things where, mm-hmm. you know, someone doesn't know how to iron their shirt. Okay, yeah. that's where we got to go. And that's what I got to do. And, you know, now all of a yeah. sudden you're spelling iron. It's I-R-O-N. Make sure it's plugged in the wall. Yeah. And so,
0: yeah, Don't there's lots of hard. that.
1: There's <laughs> lots of that. But I think at, at least if I understand what you're saying is you, you were discouraged or disappointed at a more macro level, not on the daily, but on a yeah. more on a satellite view of over several weeks, you thought I'm working pretty hard. I deserve whatever a day off. (laughs) And, um, but I didn't get my day off. So what about me? Is that what we're talking about?
0: No, what I'm talking about is more along the lines of looking at, uh, looking at the levels of leadership and, and like seeing that someone is not either, qualified or i guess technically they would qualify but watching somebody do something wrong let's do let's go with that well that happens every day right and watching a particular leader or particular leadership group do things wrong regularly over time because i can understand somebody making a mistake cool so now you're talking about a systemic issue now we're talking about the systemic issue and the uh the the reason that i wanted to get into this because it's a it's a broad thing right it's hard to actually we're not gonna be able to fix anything here but i want to talk about it because it affects the way your mindset shifts right and so i guess really the question is what i'm getting at is how do we engage that if we can see something that is not correct that's not working that just isn't like for some reason i don't like what is happening in with my leadership as a junior level or as a mid-level or depending on where you're looking. Running up to somebody and being like, hey, I don't like the way you do things <laughs> is not usually the best way to engage with somebody. So what I'm asking really is, what are your thoughts on how to lead up the chain of command? Does that make sense? Long yeah, day it day. does. Yeah, Long so
1: but... there, there's two things that come to mind right, right away on, on your question. I think there's actually two things to talk about. One is the recognizing of that there's a systemic flaw one or two or three levels above you. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a sec, sure. maybe. And then the other thing is, as you stand there observing the systemic issue, what is it that's bugging you? Like, you know, if you're gonna, and you, I'm not asking you to answer this mm-hmm. question. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just setting the stage for the topic. So, what is it that bugs you? Is it the fact that you're being pedantic that you know uh, the pace is instead of 120 beats per minute, it's 125? Is that bugging you, and you're going to get all mm. giddy and, and upset, and you know, uh, yelly about that extra beats per minute? That's a minor issue, of course, but some people can build that up into a into like catastrophic. Yeah. And so I'm going to use that as the example because I could pull out a whole pile of examples about why a guy might think, what? How dare they? <laughs> so you've you've got to establish the importance of the how dare they moment. Mm-hmm. Is it a non-factor or is it critical? So by critical, I mean like for me, it's always about safety and welfare of my man or mm-hmm. the the danger that they're in, that's always going to get my priority. Number one, priority. The mission obviously has priority, but command and control of my men is safety first to some degree. And that's a risk reward benefit that you have to manage as a leader. And I'm not going to get into that. So you, Chance Burroughs, as you look at the systemic problem levels above, you have to think, is this actually a big deal or not? mm mm-hmm some again some people will build it into like a massive deal and it's a non deal mm-hmm. now if if you categorize it as this is a massive deal i think that's a moment where someone has to do some introspection and by that i mean like if it's a big deal you got to think about well why do i feel that way why do i think this is like a glaring error why am i getting so upset about this? Why do i want to so significantly burst into a room of senior ncos and yell at them for doing it wrong? And i know that's not realistic. I, I but would I'm love to see to that get, happen <laughs> I'm trying to get the point across of oh, course. For sure. yep. Why is some why is why is a corporal or a private or a master corporal so annoyed that he feels like he's got to go in and sort senior management out? Mm-hmm. Well, when when a person's contemplating that they should think of a word called anti-fragility or Mm -hmm. anti-fragile. It's a book. It's a topic. It's an entire thing. Hit the googs. So if you're fragile, the world feels catastrophic. And so let me set an interesting thought experiment for you. Chance Burles gets up in the morning, does his morning PT, gets his coffee and is now sitting in the platoon room waiting to see what kind of nonsense is going to start that day. And he's already boiling. He's already bubbling. He's already waiting for the very, 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 very tiny flaw in the system that's going to happen. By 0900 hours, Chance Burles has fixated on the fact that the sergeant is having his third coffee and he's only allowed two coffees.
0: How dare he? Or whatever.
1: How How dare dare he? he? How dare you, sir? (laughs) And so, and again, Chance Burroughs is the, um, the representation of every private out there or every corporal out there, whatever the case is. And so now Chance is fixated on this glaring, catastrophic error, which is a non-factor. And the reason that that dude is fixated on that is because he's fragile Mm. he's not anti-fragile and if you want to make someone anti-fragile as a senior nco i'm going to recalibrate that entire platoon room who's who's so bored and got nothing else to do other than complain in their head Mm. i'm going to sort that out it's going to be this walk into the platoon room what's up troops What are you going to do today? What are we going to do today? Oh, no one's got ideas? Let's go smash something. I'm going to push so much fatigue into those troops, into their bodies, into their melons, into their emotions, that right about noon, when it's time for lunch, they just want to do nothing but not think and not whine and not talk and not do anything because they just had fatigue pushed into their bodies, into their heads. Now they just want to chillax and not focus on whining. Whining takes a whole different priority when your only hope is that you can just stop hurting. Mm -hmm. You can just not vomit. When you're wondering if you're going to gip or not, or, or hurl or not, you're not thinking about whether the was a second or a third coffee by the sergeant this morning and how you've got to boil his water those are non-factors you can't feel your hands (laughs) you know what i'm saying oh yeah so a fragile unit a fragile mind a fragile man will always find something to whine about because the whole world is catastrophic an anti-fragile man will look at everything around him and think whatever Whatever, until it starts raining anvils, I'm not that concerned.
0: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do know what you're saying, absolutely. And i i I love the way you put that in <laughs> because it's true. And there are the, a lot of the times that I that I remember being bitter and angry, and was there was nothing to do. Oh, I, yeah. We would just just sit in there stewing about the fact that how dare they sit up there in their office telling us what to do down here in the bay and there's in their ivory um, tower how dare they up there in that hallway oh my goodness they never do
1: anything <laughs> we do oh, that's right we don't do everything yeah. we do nothing
0: yeah i remember being uh i rather put out by having to re-inventory boats at one point for like a third time we got three oh forts. it's ridiculous it's and, ridiculous
1: and, and rightfully so annoyed
0: but, but at the but same whatever. time, it has to it. be
1: prioritized against, like, it's not raining <laughs> anvils.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the things that I actually was telling some of the guys underneath me. I was just like, they were they were griping a bit, and I'm like, yeah, but whatever. Like, really, is this so hard? We got to open some boats up. We got to throw some talcum powder in it. We got to close the boats up again. Load them back. Like, who cares? It's whatever. It sucks. It does. but And it sucks, and it's it's a corrosive,
1: cancerous opportunity where... Unless someone looks at the dude who's saying, I can't believe we're going to do this for the third time today. Shut up. (laughs) Get it done. What? You said what? Let's go outside. Yeah. And so you got to shut that stuff down right away. But the other part is as immediately shutting that down as a whatever, junior leader, a corporal or a master corporal, as you're shutting that private down, who is the winiest of wine. You've also got to consider, I'm shutting this grid down, but this grid ain't good to go. And why mm-hmm. it's not good to go is because senior leadership is screwing it up. So your first job is is to stop the immediate cancer. Yeah. And then your next job is to walk out of that door, walk straight up to the senior NCO room where they've all got their feet up on the desk and drinking their third coffee, catastrophically. <laughs> and you've got to knock on the door and say... Uh, can I have a minute? And they're all going to look at you distastefully perhaps. Mm-hmm. And then you might step in and say, just want to let you know that that's the third time we've done those boats today. The troops are absolutely not happy. This is the vibe. Does it need to be that way? Do, do they need to be hating on these tasks constantly? Is there a better way that we can do this? Yeah. Cause I don't know. I'm looking for your advice. You know what that is? That's flipping the script making them own their own nonsense mm-hmm. that is reverse extreme ownership
0: now uh, this is again uh, this is the other side of it right is that there is the we can't allow you can't have the people whining except for there there's jovial complaining for sure right there's like, talked about that you know and we have full
1: complaining yeah.
0: exactly when when i'm putting those boats together yeah, sure. Complain, but we're still putting the boats together. Like that That's right. Bit... It's the tone usually that is the yeah. thing to pay attention to. Absolutely. I
1: mean, I've been there done that. I mean, yeah. I, I I I'm a masterful complainer. Yeah. But there's a tone. Oh, yes. And it's when the tone shifts to like really negative. Yeah. And that's when it's got to get shut down.
0: I found that uh <laughs> it is kind of funny the way you put it earlier too is that there are points that it's just everything's so bad you can't help but laugh. Like there's nothing That's else right. to do. It's just it it's all suck, but okay, cool. Let's see what else happens. Like let's just see how how that worse is, it can get. That is 50% of the equation.
1: Yeah. When things are the worst, all, all you can do is just look at the guy next to you and shake your hand and say, Wow, this is a handful. <laughs> but in parallel, if you're even if you're a junior leader, never mind a senior NCO. If you're a junior leader and you're thinking like, this is a freaking gong show, you still got to deal with it. You still got to get after it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've got to make a note to yourself that the moment I get an opportunity, this is going to the next level of, I got to talk to that crew above me and let them know that while they had their feet up on their desk, sucking back the coffee, the troops were close to a rebellion mm-hmm. or whatever. Frame it any yeah. way you want, but you gotta pass the word up without being disrespectful or poking the bear too often. Just, hey boys, we could use some leadership down here. Cause the tasks you're giving us are the worst. And I don't know how to figure it out.
0: Now let's uh <laughs> let's use this as an example because uh it it's happened to me, I'm sure it's happened to you, where you get shut down. Don't matter, <laughs> sort it out. Or, well, I'm Sergeant Major. Right? And there, there's people let's, rank let's play it out. Row, but this so let's is play where, it out. Okay. Let,
1: let's role play it. And, let's do it. and I'm I'm going to role play it as Sean, which okay. is different than young Sean. Okay. But I want to give older Sean an opportunity to demonstrate how younger Sean could have done it. Okay. Up uh, go, Sergeant Major.
0: So, uh, if you come in and complain to my office, whatever... And I say, "Well, I'm the sergeant major, and I'm gonna do whatever I want." Yes, you are. Get out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Where? What? What would you like me to do, sir?
0: Oh, see now, now I gotta think about it.
1: Um, it's your role. You're playing it. Yeah. Get get your angry get your angry was, I'm just to, I'm or just, whatever. I'm,
0: like, I'm trying to picture this person. Oh, because because uh, you know what I did.
1: You know why you're struggling, Sergeant Major? Because you're never challenged with pattern interrupts. Mm. Second thing I did to you was pattern interrupt you. You you stumbled on your shoelaces when I said, where, Dude. what would you like me to do? No one ever never asked me that. Everyone always puffs their chest out and turns around and runs out of my office in fear. Mm-hmm. The difference is that he's just a man. Indeed. And I'm a man, and chances are the man in front of me hasn't read as much, traveled as much, learned as much, etc as much as me in that moment. I'll go head to head with any senior NCO in Canada as sixty year old Sean. Whatever age they are, they can they can you can line a hundred of them up in front of me, and each one that steps up on me and yells at me, I'll defeat them. If that's all they know how to do, if that's their entire life, if that's their only play is to yell, (sighs) are you done yelling? Now I'm going to cut your throat with words. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's senior NCOs out there. that are way smarter, way more experienced, way more intellectual, way more wordsmithy that they could easily outflank me. But they would have to do it in a way that is intelligent. They would have to play my game now. Mm -hmm. And now we're in a game. And if they know how to play a game, as I know how to play a game, now we're going to start interacting. And we'll sort it out one way or another. But the fool who stands in front of me and only knows how to yell, how embarrassing for him so here we are two sentences into it and you've already tripped on your shoelaces sergeant major you want to play the role again let's do it hit me up with another role play off you go
0: okay get out of my office to
1: where sir outside whereabouts three feet away from this door what would you like me to do i'd like you to stand at attention i can do that and then after that until i get tired Okay, I'll see you outside, sir. Then I'm going to go outside and lean against a wall. (laughs) And then he's going to come out, and what are you going to say?
0: I gave you instructions.
1: What were the instructions again, sir?
0: To stand at attention until I got tired. My apologies. And now I'm standing at attention. Here we go. Anything else, sir? Not at the moment. Carry on.
1: Yes, sir. And I'm going to stand there, leaning against a wall. (laughs)
0: And see, this, this is a hard role to play for me because it is. I've never been in this position, but. Right. Uh, Plus, you've never faced it, a bunch of pattern interrupts. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. another part of it, also.
1: Not uh, a lot of senior NCOs have. And that's why they are one dimensional, because it's point. a one way street. Mm-hmm. When something gets sewn on your shoulder, it doesn't make you more intelligent. It just makes you able to yell more. And the higher up you go, the more you can yell. And the more thoughtless you can become. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you reach a certain point in, we'll call it senior for lack of a better term, that you've forgotten how to lead. You only remember how to yell. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for everyone. No, but but I am saying it's a trajectory that I've seen
0: many a time. I think I've seen it many times too, Um, and I wanted to talk about this again specifically. Is that you know the CF's in a bit of a time right now? There, there's some struggling going on. There's some, there's some issues within it as as a unit. There's issues within businesses left, right, like we're seeing some concerning things, I guess, around the world um, in terms of banking and business and all this stuff. And I don't want to get into the politics of it, but what I do want to talk about is. How, how do we develop those around us, especially in a negative, say, toxic work environment, um, which I think we've gone through quite well? What is What do you think is the single piece, or the, at least the most important piece, in engaging someone like that?
1: I think uh, they need to be sat down with a blank sheet of paper and a pen and told to spell Leadership. Mm. And as they're writing it out, what they're actually writing out is management. They don't understand the difference between the two words. Because leadership is not yelling. It's actually by example. Mm. Unless you yell at yourself all the time. Taylor, you freaking idiot. Go do more Taylor stuff. Yeah. You know, leaders can yell, but they shouldn't need to yell. Mm Mm-hmm management can yell but management doesn't know how to lead Mm -hmm. those are two important distinctions and so there's managers in the military and there's leaders in the military there's leaders in the military and then there's good leaders in the military and if you consider the delta between management leaders and good leaders they're massive chasms Mm -hmm. between the three now if we talk about good leaders they can all use improvement just like any good leader can just like i can i can use a lot of improvement but i do know how to lead because i was taught how to lead by good leaders mm-hmm. and i emulated good leaders i didn't emulate managers and i didn't emulate mediocre leaders mm-hmm. i had the great fortune not always but the great fortune to be surrounded by enough great leaders that I learned how to lead. But not everyone gets exposed to great leadership. And so you only know what you know. And if you only know mediocrity, if you only, if you only know like average leaders, guess what? You're an average leader unless you put some personal time into becoming a better leader. And how do you do that? Go find better leaders, even if you've got to go find it in your community, like as on your off time, in a CrossFit gym, on the BJJ mats, on a rock climbing wall, Frisbee golf, doesn't matter to me. Go find better leaders that you aren't surrounded by. And if you can't find it outside of the military, in your off time, then pick up a book and start learning. Hit the Google and type in top 10 books on leadership. Now you're off to the races. If no one will help you, if you can't go help yourself out there, then you've got to help yourself in the academic world at a minimum.
0: That's a fantastic point. The um, I got a couple comments that I, I want to get your uh, your touch yeah, on sure. here. Daniel's been uh, jumping in here a little bit. <laughs> he's, uh, got a, 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 which is awesome. He's, he's compounding on what we're talking about. But uh, right off the bat, he's talking about higher military politics. And this mm. is... Uh, it's something that it can be frustrating but yeah it sure can it doesn't and really matter. you
1: know what it's an no it 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 kind of does matter cuz it is frustrating but it doesn't need to be mm. and so w- where's the frustration the frustration is the fact that it's not being done well of course but the other frustration should be with yourself for not trying to find out a smoother way to move through it mm. now it's going to sound dumb but you got to flow through the military like water You've got to to crash against some things to wear them out, and you've got to slip through some things so that you don't have to crash into them. And it's for all of us to figure out the right approach for our own unique personalities and experience base and what our career has looked like. It's for all of us individually to figure out how to move through those higher military politics. Because they suck, and they're not necessary. Mm -hmm. They're a steaming pile of garbage, but it is what it is. We'll call it the game. And if, if you want to play the game well, you've got to figure out the rule set. You've got to figure out the construct that you're playing in. Like any sport, any activity, any undertaking, know the box, know the rule set, figure out the strategy and tactics and flow through it. And don't flow through it in the sense of greasy Teflon flow through it and not have anything stick to you. You want to flow through it and have a little bit of stickage because you want to be able to deal with that stickage and change the system as you're flowing through it. So I don't think you should look for the path of least resistance in higher military politics. I think you should look for the path that is right for you that doesn't create too much resistance, but at the same time, just enough resistance that you hopefully can make minor shifts in the overarching military
0: system that is not being done very well. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of it is that we want to see the change. Like, I want to see it. If I want to be part of it, I want to see it. And that's one of the difficulty difficult things that I struggled with was the fact that any sort of policy change or any sort of uh, shift in uh, culture, I was never going to see. Right. And it wasn't until later that I actually realized that that was a good thing that we made change at all. But the fact of like, I'll give you as as an example of the procurement system is kind of crazy. But while we were uh, right before we went to Afghanistan, we were still hit. We still had the issued vest that was basically. um, Well, almost silly for what we were what we were being told to do in Afghanistan. And uh, for the whole time we were there, we were fighting it like, what are we doing? Why or why? why what is going on here like why (laughs) and uh it wasn't until after afghanistan ended when the newer vests started to come out that have more capability they have more manageability you can customize them a little bit but we never saw that because we weren't in long enough to actually see that kind of change and i think that is part of the part of the difficulty in wanting to engage in that change because you're not going to see the outcome of it while you're still in and I think that's a fault because, at least it now, is. I think it's a fault. Now the the uh, the ability to achieve change in any regard, I think, is outstanding. Like if you can shift something as big as the military in any positive way, giver. <laughs> oh yeah, listen. I there's changes that
1: I have put in place that have yet to come have yet to even execute mm-hmm. like I've planted them and and they may not even happen this year, but I know they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so if you've been, if you've, I, I've, I've loosely called myself or I'm not, but what I like to do, what I try to do, what I feel I do is I pursue the title of agent of change
0: mm-hmm.
1: all my career, all my life, every career agent of change is what I've focused on. doesn't mean I'm good at It doesn't mean I've even changed anything. But I know I do it on the daily, and I know that some of it comes to fruition immediately. Some of it will come to fruition tomorrow. Some happened yesterday. Some as yet to happen a year from now. And it depends on how you plant your seeds, how deep you plant them, how many seeds you plant in a siloized manner on a single subject. So that as an example, Chance Burroughs might think, by way of example, yesterday, what? I got a what? Yeah. I'm going to think about that. Mm-hmm. And then going to think about it a week from now. Going to think about it a month from now. Going to think about it a year from now. And all of those siloized seeds that I I might plant in someone's mind using you as the um, uh, the example, but not the real example, just a thought construct. You will look at things through various phases of your experienced path and think, Oh, now I understand. Listen, you've you've actually heard Julie Kelly say this live on the collective, where it's 10 years later, and she's saying, Oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. But I planted that like 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? It's yep. it's just I think the important thing to consider here is that we're all capable of changing everything around us. But you'll only change things by luck, if you don't believe that you can change things. Yeah. Whereas me, as an example, every single second, I know that I can change things. And I try to. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for so long that it just feels normal to me. I know that everywhere I look, everywhere I look, I can change what I see. It's just a matter of how much resources I'm willing to deploy against the change that I want to affect Mm -hmm. and what the effect that I change has as an outcome and is it worth my time? So that force multiplication mindset of me, trying to be a force multiplier, Mm -hmm. I will never pour a full day's worth into someone that only creates one day of change. Mm -hmm. I will pour a full day's worth of effort into someone if I know it changes their entire life. I'll definitely pour all of my week into a person if I know that it's going to change the rest of their life and another 10 people's lives. Mm -hmm. So I think change is an intentional pursuit. The more you pursue it, the more you realize that every single second, wherever you look, you can create instant change.
0: So I had an epiphany, or at least I think I had an epiphany while you're talking. I like, and uh, I'm gonna try and break this down because it happens in real time. But uh, I had the mental image of flowing, flowing like water, right? And I think my challenge, at least in the last little while, with the the concept of flowing like water, was that I was always looking at it as as a single piece of water. Like if you were to mm. like watch a square inch or throw a branch in and then just right. watch it flow down as that being me within the rest of the world. And I've come to at least understand now that the uh, it is actually the, the, the a whole river is me. And so if I want to change something, if I want to shift something, the water will erode whatever bank it is that it is pushing up against. And therefore, that will either take time, as erosion does, but also sometimes you hit a lucky break a rock falls in right that's a big change now all of a sudden there's a huge shift or maybe that shift allows you to put more pressure on a certain bend of that river and uh, and then it's a continual cycle so as the water is passing it is also at the same time going into the ocean at the same time being evaporated at the same time being rained at the same time snowed or whatever and then being filled into the groundwater and being brought up back up and to allow you to then, erode another portion of that area so that was my epiphany what do you think yeah i
1: i, I like it and, and let me just throw this at you the time i planted a seed in your head about four days ago maybe three days ago <laughs> now correct me if i'm wrong chance pearls but did i not draw a comparison to being in the ocean and watching a wave flowing towards you and then moving past you and how much time do you spend looking at that wave as it passes by you
0: I do recall and, and that. And yeah.
1: I think we both agreed that not a whole lot of time needs to be spent in watching the wave go away. What you need to do is think that there's waves coming towards you, and as they pass by, you're still in the still body of ocean. And what we do have to keep our eye out for is the really big waves, not a tsunami, but a big wave that, that comes and crashes, hits us, puts us underwater, and then you surface again. And what do you do? You might look back behind you, but the wave's gone. No point in focusing on all of those things. Did I not mm-hmm. put us in an ocean? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. That is the world. That yeah. is our life. The waves that we pay attention to only exist once we look at them and identify them. And as they move over us and pass by us, it's for us to decide what we want to do with that wave. You want to break the ocean down into a river? Same, same. You want to break the river down into a little stream? Same, same. You want to break the little river down into a fire hose? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Your your epiphany or your analogy of life, it, it, it could be a little sprinkle. It could be the ocean. It depends on how you view the world around you. Mm-hmm. Are you in it or are you it? Because mm-hmm. what you described to me sounds like at one point you thought that you were all of it. Whereas the ocean is you're just in it. Mm-hmm. Do you
0: see the difference? I do. Yeah. Okay the uh I think well, at least it's like yeah it's how you it's how you really look at it and I'm 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 thinking more along the lines of the fact oh, that Oh, you know what it is it's if, it's how you look at it but as a good leader it's how you plant it that's very true yeah and this is this is part of it <laughs> I uh I I realized that the outlook at least, that I've had on life for many years has not been broad enough, at least.
1: Mm, Like all of us, me neither.
0: Yeah. And I think that the, uh, the benefit to discussions like this, especially on leadership and on how to, you know, change minds or change other people's minds or change your own mind or whatever, um, is that this stuff doesn't get talked about normally. No, it (laughs) doesn't. When was the last time you had a conversation about this? Like, It's not much. But that's what I was trying to allude to
1: when I was trying to talk about leadership and about the limited scope or the limited intellectual approach towards proper leadership at Mm -hmm. various levels. Every single level in the leadership stratosphere that I ever faced was less than well educated. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like they were dumb. And I don't mean that they were grade eight. What I do mean is they weren't well educated in the entirety of what it means to be a leader. Mm -hmm. You can bark all day long. You can do push-ups all day long. You can understand how to do a fighting withdrawal from the defensive position all day long, but that doesn't mean you know how to connect. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you know how to communicate on a deeper level. And I mean, let's face it, in order to have men follow you, it shouldn't be through barking. It should be by looking at a guy real quick in the eye and feeling the connection and knowing that he's going to follow you through hell or high water, because he trusts, he blah, blah, blahs. You've got a bond, a human bond that you're going to execute against. And so these are the kind of things that aren't talked within the system, that should be talked about within the system, but never will be talked about in the system because the system isn't capable of having these kinds of conversations well. Why do you
0: think that is? Why do you think that the system, like if, if this became many, a more well, regular throw it back thing. How
1: many, how many, how many senior NCOs do you know that could have this conversation? Give me a percentage. Uh, oh,
0: I, I would say I count them on one hand.
1: Okay. So now how, how would, how could this Type of a conversation, how could it be made universal across the Canadian, entire Canadian Armed Forces Senior NCO structure? Mm. There's no way. Yeah, These kind of conversations can't exist because no one knows how to have them. Because no one's been taught how to have them. Mm. Because no one is taught how to interact on a human level. They're taught how to interact on a rank structure level. My issue with rank structure is that it limits the human mind to a very small box of delivery that's being taught rather than throw all, I'm not saying throw all of that stuff out, but for the sake of this conversation, put that stuff off to the side for a minute and just Mm. be a freaking human being, which not a whole pile of senior NCOs can do well where they can really, really, really connect to their men or women that are working under them or for them on their behalf, however you want to frame it. There's just not too many senior NCOs that saunter into the platoon room, sit down, and connect with the troops. Now I know there are. I've got friends who have. have Friends who do. Yeah. Good dudes Mm -hmm. who know how to lead. But that's the distinction. Leadership is an is a massive three-dimensional model versus management, which is a one-dimensional model. And it's easy to teach. And it's easy to teach. It's yeah. easy to do because it requires no human thought. Mm-hmm. It requires rote, mechanical, robotic actions that usually involve swearing, yelling, and push-ups, which is great. It's an excellent tool, but it's a one-dimensional tool. Which is really shallow in respect to what full leadership looks like.
0: Yeah. And like this is this is a topic that we could sit down and talk about forever. Really. This is like You, everybody even the best leaders in the world want to get better so like Always. there's a continual development as to what is good what is what works Um, we got I apologize daniel you've been uh, hanging out in the in the comments here and he's been like let's 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 see what he's got going so we got um i'm glad he's joining us on the east coast uh the lack of full perspectiveness as one of the issues which is a perspectiveness Yeah, yeah yeah um the I personally think that the biggest big issue nowadays is closed loop communication and transparency. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lack of sorry. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I, yeah, because you're totally not taking, agree yeah, absolutely. Uh, people also stress out and get too emotionally involved with everything that you know. Adds you're saying the um, being.
1: That's right, and and usually that uh, over emotionality, that uh, catastrophizing of a minor issue by a senior NCO. It's usually because they're incapable or they're either emotionally, psychologically or intellectually, or physically capable of just being chillaxed. Yeah. Because they're they're underarmed. They just don't have the tools to be able to manage the moment appropriately.
0: Yeah. Um, here we go. Daniels, provide an example in regards to getting too much from the above without full comprehension of the re- reality, the real situation on the ground. Right an example in regards to getting too much from the above without full comprehension of the reality on the ground. Oh, okay. Having like, uh, at least what I'm reading into this is having leadership have no understanding of what's going on.
1: Yeah, all the platoon with sergeants the hanging out in the platoon sergeant room, having a yeah. coffee and a cigarette. Meanwhile, the troops are out on the ground, totally disconnected from, the sergeants are totally dis- disconnected from the reality on the ground. Yeah, And that's because exactly. they never step out of their office. Yep.
0: Um, what about if you respond with a higher, uh, with a higher why to an action? I always did that. I always challenged. Yeah. I always asked why. Um, from my experience, many nowadays rank up and forget the path they run. True words. 100%. <laughs> uh, in the medical side, we were able to change many procedures, uh, for material requirements because of Afghanistan. Yeah, that makes a hundred percent. Makes yeah. sense. Not only that, but medical science. Um, and like the science of medicine has changed dramatically due agreed. to the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, not only that, but prosthetics. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that agreed. went into a whole new thing. Um in regards to change, I believe it is a motivational issue of striving for it after many years in a facet that will not affect you, but the next generation of soldiers. And this is this is why I started getting into advocacy a lot right after I got out, was I was watching I had a pretty good release from the military with the VA and I had, I was taken care of pretty well. And I would look around going like, why is nobody getting what I'm getting? Like that needs to be sorted out. Cause if anything, I should be the standard of care. And so I, that's why I started getting advocacy.
1: Well, you know, before you bounce to the next comment, I just want to give you a pat on the back or an attaboy or a thank you, Chance Burroughs, because you were one of the earliest guys who said to me kind of along the lines of, and I'm going to paraphrase here, dude, there's this thing called Veterans Affairs. You should look into what they have to offer. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, uh, and at one point you did, uh, and and I, I'll try to directly paraphrase this, you said to me, yeah, you shouldn't feel bad about taking any of those uh, pain and suffering compensation claims. You shouldn't be feeling bad about taking a dollar because of, the soldiers before you who fought for that, da, 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 da And you kind of, you, you wagged your finger at me because your wife had wagged her finger at you and I yeah. needed that finger wagging, man. And it took yeah. me a little while to get right with it as it does, as you know, as everyone understands yeah. how that thing kind of plays out. But it took me a while and it's because of you that I'm able to now not wag my finger at others, but at least openly talk about it. And encourage others to have these open conversations and be aware of all kinds of things that people don't want to talk about publicly. (laughs) And now
0: we're on the internet. Now we're on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, And there's two more. So uh, I feel alone in this chat. Hello, your thoughts on having discussions without rank coming into play? This is a really good topic, and I think I'm going to write it down. We're going to have a let's let's do another one on this because that's a great, great topic. That is that's a big one, and that is. It's a challenge for the ego on both sides of that one.
1: That's a great topic.
0: Uh, I personally do a lot providing my experience, opinion, understanding, and use of rank only when needed as now this is the, this is the sergeant talking. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. instead of just like shut up on the sergeant. It, yeah. 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 yeah there's a time and
1: place for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, well, uh, thank you, Sean. This has been a great Dude, conversation. I think that, awesome. it's an, hour. It's an hour. Oh yeah. Bam. It felt like a minute. Did, did we accomplish
1: this, anything? Did we do anything? Did I think we do uh, I had an epiphany.
0: Girls? That's so. true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. call, we things. Yeah, we call it a win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know that I think this, again, this is a large conversation and we're going to get into it more for sure later on. Um, leadership as a whole, I don't, like I said earlier, don't think ends. And the more we can talk about it, the more we can discuss it, the more I we can learn from talk about it all year if I could. I mean, we could. Let's I mean, you kind, of, kind of have so far. All right, <laughs> like, now let's have some guests. <laughs> let's get some guests in here. Um, but yeah, so tomorrow we'll do it uh, in the afternoon. I don't have an exact timing on that. Dude, but I you, will come you can't up. Can't leave with an us exact all hanging. The, to, I will have a poster out and ready. Step
1: one today. Rock concert poster today. It'll be ready today.
0: Check. so everyone knows the timing for tomorrow i just got to check in with my ride to see when we're coming back so that we dude i don't want
1: to n- know what your groceries are going to be either just get a time
0: i'm gonna go get some Egos. <laughs> <laughs> some strap Egos. oh yes maybe maybe some stress pop tarts oh man i can't even say that hey, without feeling how, how's uh
1: so is his throat really sore or
0: uh it was his throat was sore for a bit but then it started going up into it like you would have Ear, oh, pain yeah. With yeah, 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 swallowing, yeah. and so yeah, yeah, yeah. we just yeah. got him on the amoxicillin. He's uh, he's also, doing he's a little on, bit better, now. Uh, and
1: yeah, antibiotics, yeah. So, that he's, Do you know what'll uh, help his
0: uh, throat just a sec, yeah.
1: If you get yourself on some of this, uh,
0: Manuka honey, yeah, I don't even know what Manuka honey is. Do you just got regular honey? paper? I have, I have You know how, you know how me. writing implements work. <laughs> I do. I got it. Yeah. Hit the googs. Yep. Manuka honey. I like that. That's right. I'm here all day. <laughs> What's special about it? Hey. Everything. <laughs> any good leader will plant a seed and see what the troops will delegate. <laughs> Disappear. Bam. Bam. Yeah. Bam. So on that note, I really appreciate you having this chat. Uh I though I know we've both learned. Well, I've learned especially. I did as well, buddy. Uh, I have definitely built a better understanding of leadership, and I've grown. I've grown as a human being. We all try to. Well, that's what we do here on the collective. <laughs> we'll see y'all tomorrow. chimo Oh, man.